What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. As you guys already know, this is going to be um, the second episode about a murder involving CTE. Our last episode was about WWE superstar Chris Benoit, who murder-suicided his son and wife, and it was big shock in 2007. Today, we're going to talk about the ex-NFL player Philip Adams, who recently murdered his doctor, his doctor's wife, their two grandchildren, and two air conditioner repair men that were doing work at the home before killing himself. Um, it's actually just Stephanie right now because we did record that all meant to be one episode, but it ended up being so long that we broke it up into two. So I had to record a new intro for this. I'm sorry if I sound a little miserable. I just got my second covid vaccine yesterday and i feel super crappy um i mean i don't really feel fevery or anything like that but my whole body is so sore but i'm still gonna finish editing this podcast and i'm gonna get it out tomorrow for you guys so just remember put my my blood sweat and tears into this but i hope you guys enjoy it and we will be back next time with a regular intro okay so CTE and the NFL. So like I said earlier, a lot of people know the story of Aaron Hernandez. It was kind of the big story that kind of brought this to mainstream attention. Uh, Aaron Hernandez played for the Patriots, believed he had CTE, murdered a few people, and then killed himself. Um, Won't get into that because most people know the story. But that prompted more people to kind of look into CTE in regards to contact sports. So Um, In 2017, a study from Boston University's CTE Center says that CTE is more common among football players than previously thought. Researchers found CTE in 99% of the examined brains of former NFL players. It's crazy. I know. I was like, that can't be right. The CTE percentage was 91% among the brains of college players and 21% among high school players. For the study, researchers first had to begin with gathering brains. So they got 202 brains of football players donated. And I saw in an article about this, they said it was easier to kind of get the families to donate their brains when it was suspected that they might have CTE. Yeah, people looking for a reason. I'm assuming a lot of these people who died were probably quite young as well. So looking for a reason, maybe. Well, yeah, like they did high school players. They did some like pre-high school players. So it's like, those had to be, those were dead people. Yeah. Pathologists, knowing nothing of the patient's history or symptoms, examined each brain for the evidence of CTE. Then at the same time, clinicians used the medical records of these people in interviews with family members to collect detailed information about the patient's medical history and symptoms. So they both did that separately without knowing what the other one was doing. So the group would meet regularly for consensus meetings where then the pathologists and the clinicians would discuss the findings with each other and decide who they think had CTE and what. Of the 202 brains studied, the group diagnosed 177 of those brains with CTE. For the NFL players, it was 99% and it was 110 of 111 brains had CTE from the NFL player group. So all of them but one. From the Canadian Football League, it was 88%, 7 out of 8. For semi-professional players, it was 64%, with 9 out of 14. For college players, it was 91%, with 48 out of 53 brains showing CTE. And for high school players, 21%, with 3 out of 14. 
So they also studied the brains of two pre-high school players and neither was diagnosed with CTE. Um, the brains of former high school players showed mild pathology, while the majority of college, semi-professional, and professional players showed severe pathology. The researchers observed clinical symptoms such as depression, anxiety, memory loss, and other moods and behavior impairments, even in patients with fairly mild CTE pathology. So that just goes to show you how many football players, contact sport players, it affects and could potentially affect, and what types of symptoms they were having, and it's kind of crazy. We were watching the NRL here, which is, <clears throat> sorry, the National Rugby League here last night, and mm -hmm. one guy literally got knocked out, lay on the field, was totally 100% out of it, and came back on the field maybe 10, 15 minutes later. Yeah, that's like exactly <laughs> what we're saying. That's probably another one too. It's, just, it's not as big of a thing. Yeah. Either. So the next case we're going to speak about today is that of Philip Adams. It's a really recent case. It only happened on April 7, so 10 days ago-ish at the time of recording. The former professional NFL player Philip Adams shot and killed six people and then he turned the gun on himself in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Tonight, authorities searching for a motive behind the horrific mass murder in the quiet town of Rock Hill, South Carolina. A prominent local doctor, Robert Leslie, his wife Barbara, and two grandchildren, nine-year-old Ada and five-year-old Noah, gunned down in their home. Outside, 38-year-old James Lewis, who had been working at the property, also found dead. A co-worker seriously wounded. Authorities launching a desperate manhunt. The description we're given was a black male wearing black clothing, carrying something red, possible automatic gun. That search would lead them to a former NFL player, Philip Adams, who was found barricaded inside his parents' home nearby. After an hours-long standoff, police entered to find Adams dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Intercepted by Philip Adams. Adams spent six injury-riddled seasons in the NFL, playing for six teams and suffering at least two concussions within a three-game period in 2012. He retired in 2015. So to start with, we'll just go through quickly who Philip Adams was. He was born on July 20, 1988 in Rock Hill, and so he was around 32 at the time this all occurred. He attended Rock Hill High School and he played both basketball and football there. He was a cornerback out of South Carolina State and he was the seventh round NFL pick in 2010. He was never a real standout in the league, but he did play 78 games over five seasons and he played for teams including San Francisco 49ers, New England Patriots, Seattle Seahawks, Oakland Raiders, New York Jets and the Atlanta Falcons. His best seasons came um, in two years in Oakland where he appeared in 31 games and recorded a pair of interceptions. He finished his career with the Falcons in 2015 and he earned just over $3 million during his six NFL seasons. Not bad for a not standout player. Yeah, I know. It's not bad at all. <laughs> they make so much money. <laughs> he suffered multiple injuries over the course of his career, including a pair of concussions in 2012. And despite that, he only missed one game that season. In 2010, he also had a severe ankle injury that required surgery, which included several screws being inserted into his leg. I um, tried to have a look and see if I could find anything about his personal life online. I couldn't see if he has a partner or children or anything like that. As far as I know, he didn't. Um, I could be wrong, but it's just not public if he does. His obituary was online and it basically just says, he departed this life on Wednesday, April 7. Viewing will be at this time. Funeral service will be private and the family has requested donations to the Peter O'Donnell Jr. Brain Institute. 
that's it. Gives nothing else about his life. Someone commented on either Reddit or website and said it was like someone local to the area that like knew of the doctor and all them. I think that they said that he, Philip Adams, might have had one kid, but I've also I've never seen that listed anywhere officially, like you were saying. So I don't know. It's me. They're not saying that on purpose, or if that person yeah. is wrong. I'm assuming if, 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 if there are family, especially probably children, they haven't listed them just to kind of keep them yeah private after this. Hopefully, which makes sense. But yeah, if he does have a kid, sad too because that's yeah, another very person. Sad. So what happened on April 7, 2021? At around 4.45 p.m. on Wednesday, which was April 7, the York County Sheriff's Department received two 911 calls. I saw the guy running around, and I heard the popping, but I didn't realize it was shooting until I saw this guy laying on the ground. So the first call was from a man who said he heard around 20 gunshots coming from his neighbor's house. He said, I think we've had some trouble. I think there's been a bad shooting, maybe four people. I don't know how he deduced that from 20 gunshots. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> but anyway, maybe I don't mean he to knew. laugh, but. I know. Maybe he knew there were four people in the house. I don't know. Anyway, it just seems like a weird yeah. deduction from 20 gunshots. Anyway, the other call came from a man who said his co-worker, Robert Shook, called him and said that he'd been shot and asked him to call 911. I don't know why Robert didn't call 911, but anyway, maybe he, I guess he would I feel like if you're shot in the face, straight. Yeah. maybe you're just kind of call the last person you spoke yeah he might have just clicked like you know yeah i guess there's a million reasons why but the caller said robert was slurring his speech and then he thought that he'd been struck in the head or the face i just had one call me screaming that he had been shot and the other technician has also been shot and not responsive so less than 10 minutes later people arrived at the home of the leslie family and they found robert shook wounded and his colleague james lewis dead in the driveway of the home Robert Shook and James Lewis were air conditioning technicians who are working on the home. Robert Shook was in a critical condition and he was rushed to the hospital, but he passed away four days later on April 11. Inside the home, they found another Robert, so it's a little bit confusing, but Dr. Robert Leslie, who was 70 years old, was found dead along with his wife, Barbara, who was 69, their two grandchildren, nine-year-old Ada and five-year-old Noah. The investigators found evidence that identified the killer as 32-year-old Philip Adams. <clears throat> when I was watching some clips on this, I saw that they said that when they were trying to find him, it was a black male wearing black clothing and he was holding something red. So I think they were insinuating that the gun was red. Um, but, yeah, I don't, know, mm. I don't know exactly how they knew it was him so quickly because it seemed like it was pretty quick for them to find yeah, him. Yeah, it seems like they figured out who it was pretty quickly. It made me wonder if maybe it- Robert was kind of able to give them more information and I know I know like, like his parents live nearby so I was going to say like I know around here if there's a little someone who's a little bit of a celebrity like you know an ex-football player or someone everyone kind of knows yeah where they are or where they live like you'll drive past and be like that's that person's house so you know everyone knows so maybe it was the same kind of thing there he maybe like, he was that ex-NFL player <laughs> So the police started looking for Philip straight away. They spent hours um, with helicopters, canines and police scouring the area before they located him at his parents' home on Marshall Road, which was a quarter mile from the property. So I don't know why they didn't go there first. Maybe they didn't realise that the parents lived there first, but... Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, Adam's father, Alonzo, said officers came to the house on Wednesday and led him and his disabled wife out of the residence. A neighbour of theirs who was named Alison Hope said she lives across from them and the police allowed her back into her house at 9pm that night. 
Moments later, a vehicle pulled into the driveway of, of, I'm assuming, the Phillips house and law enforcement surrounded the property. She said officers spent hours negotiating with Adams using a loudspeaker and they sent in a robot to scan the house. They asked him repeatedly to come out and he pro- they promised to get his mother out safely and then Adams shot himself. Allison, who's the neighbour, said, this is something I can't grasp yet. I can't put it all together and I'm trying to. I witnessed it. I feel bad for him because if it was mental or something going on in his life or whatever you know, he needed help and that's the sad part. I don't get why they let her back into her house. No, no, when it was still going, it was on. still going on. That's what I was so confused about. And, yeah, but- I, I didn't get that either, but maybe they knew he was in there. But, yeah, you'd think they'd be keeping everyone out if they could. Yeah, instead of just like, all right, you can have a front row seat to the action. Um, so we'll speak about the victims here because it's so sad because one entire family has lost, you know, their grandparents their children anyway we'll go into it now but and the the doctor leslie and his wife seem so cute i know like his website he's got his own website robert leslie and their last name is l-e-s-s-l-i-e.com but we'll put it up on the way on our blog too so if you want to check out his website it's really cute he's got photos of his well you know i think they've updated this since his passing because his obituary is up there and things like that but it's photos of him and it says like believer husband father grandfather physician caretaker of golden retrievers donkeys ponies and goats (laughs) he seemed like a really nice guy he was a primary care doctor in Rock Hill. He was board certified in both emergency medicine and occupational medicine, and he was the medical director and founder of Riverview House Calls, Riverview Hospice, and Palliative Care. So the young county sheriff spokesman Trent, spokesman, Trent Farris, described Dr. Leslie as a pillar of the Rock Hill community. He said, I've lived in Rock Hill my entire life and Dr. Leslie was my doctor growing up. He's been one of those people that everyone knows. We are shocked that this type of incident happened here. None of us can figure out why. It doesn't happen here. It's one of those strange things that a lot of people are going to have a hard time understanding and we just hope that everyone understands that we're going to do everything we can try to figure this out. So all their obituaries are up online now uh dr robert leslie and his wife barbara have a joint obituary says that the lord called them home together with two of their beloved grandchildren and then it talks about their marriage it says authored by robert and heavily edited by barbara the story of their lives is inspired first and foremost by the holy spirit robert and barbara met and fell in love at erskine college they celebrated and tolerated one another's tomfoolery in marriage for more than 47 years their love spanned half a century and was the foundation that built a legacy of laughter, service, and devotion. And then it talks about how Barbara loved using a hot glue gun, Diet Coke, and song and dance. She never met a stranger she would not embrace. And Robert's, it says, Robert is the quintessential Renaissance man who at any given moment could be fine beekeeping, bagpiping, <laughs> propagating both children and plants, riding, exercising, <laughs> spoiling grandchildren, patching up aches and pains, and board gaming. They seem like really, really lovely people. Um, I haven't seen anything know, negative cute. said about them. Really sweet, kind people. Yeah, makes me sad. Yeah, and even well, even sadder, I, you know, I it's not my place to judge, but their two grandchildren also passed away. And I believe that these two grandchildren were from the same family, if that makes sense. So this family now has no children left. From what I can tell, their mum and their dad lost their two children. So the two kids that passed were Ada Leslie, who was nine, and Noah Leslie, who was five. They also have a joint obituary. It says, Ada was a precocious, riddle-loving, and self-proclaimed book nerd, a title she shared with her mama. Noah confirmed that Ada was the best big sister. It's so sad. And then, it, like, so it goes on about Ada and how lovely she was. And then 
Clarkson says at five years old, Noah had already mastered the art of physical comedy. He would offer an unsolicited running hug at any given moment and from any direction. He would have crawled into his mama's skin while hugging her so tightly if that were an option. Whoever wrote their obituaries did a great job. Yeah. It says, it just finishes with, um, undoubtedly, Noah, Ada and Noah knew and loved Jesus. They spoke openly about who Jesus is to them. Their understanding of and love for the gospel was evident even at their young ages. We take great comfort in knowing Ada and Noah are in heaven covered in glitter because they are with their nana and their mouths full of gum from their papa. Their mama and dada are waiting patiently to join them. So terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. My name is Amy Kolbach, and this is Lori Alexander, and this is Robbie Leslie. Along with Jeffrey, we are the children of Barbara and Robert, and the three of us up here get to call ourselves aunts and uncle to Ada and Noah. The past few days have been certainly filled with much suffering and grief, but also peppered with the most amazing treasures sent directly from God. I can't say anything better than what I'm about to share with you, which is one of those treasures. Ada, Leslie, from both sides of her family inherited um, the love of music and her parents discovered within the past few days that she wrote a song and I am not going to sing it. She did not include the melody, Um, but I will read it to you exactly as it is written. It is called You and Me. You and me, we can love one another even through the hardest times, even through the darkest days, we can love one another. Even in the deepest fog, we will find one another and love each other. When people see us, they will see Jesus Christ in you and me. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, so then the other victim, one of the other victims was Robert Shook, who we spoke about. He was the air conditioning technician. He was a married father of three and his obituary lists his family as Hollycraft Shook of the home, a daughter Kelly Shook and two sons, John Robert and Eli. His cousin, Heather Michelle, spoke to the media and said he's a hardworking man who put himself through school just to become a certified heating and air service worker to provide for his family. He's just a wonderful, wonderful man. So after he was shot, he did survive for a few days, as we said. He had multiple surgeries and fought for his life, but unfortunately he couldn't make it through. So sad too. Yeah. The final victim um, was James Lewis. So James was also an air conditioning technician who worked with Robert. He told His parents spoke to the local news station and said that he was their only child and was a single father of three children, a 16-year-old and 13-year-old twins. His father said, I keep on expecting to wake up. Oh, it's just a bad dream, but it's not. It's real. I would like to find out why this guy did what he did. So James's mother said that he was also working as an air conditioning technician to provide for his children. She said he helped anybody. He was a kind guy, a great dad. It's just so stupid. So there's a whole lot of people who have now lost their people. It's very, very sad for no apparent real reason. Um, so it's like the whole thing is crazy, but especially just like these two air conditioning guys who were what, probably there for a few hours that day, maybe an hour, who knows what they were doing. 
Just like talk about wrong place at the wrong fucking time. I know. Like, that's what I mean. Like sometimes you just think, gosh, when your time is up, it's up. You know, no matter what, you know, that was just a fluke for them to be there that day. They could have been running late. They could have finished early, you know, just that they were there at this. I'm sure it didn't take long for it all to happen. It's crazy. Yeah, so crazy. Um, so they began the investigation into kind of why this happened. Philip's father, Alonzo, told WCNC that his son being a football player was to blame for the tragedy. His father's told them, I can say he's a good kid. I think the football messed him up. So Philip had recently moved in with his parents in Rock Hill, which was just a two-minute drive from Dr. Leslie's home. Sheriff Tolson did a press conference and he read a statement from the Leslie family which said in part, we know there are no answers that will satisfy satisfy the question why. We are sure of one thing. We do not grieve as those without hope. Sorry, I'm struggling with this. (laughs) Our hope (laughs) is found in the promise of Jesus Christ and we are enveloped by peace that surpasses all understanding. To that end, our hearts are bent towards forgiveness and peace, toward love and connectedness, towards celebration and unity. Um, Adams, Philip's father, Alonzo, also spoke again and he said, all I can say is we pray for the family. We, he used to be my doctor a long time ago. I know they were good folks down there. We're going to keep them in our prayers. So they've confirmed that Philip's autopsy will include a CTE study. The York County Coroner, Sabrina Gast, told the media that the autopsy of Mr. Adams is scheduled to be conducted at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. Routine forensic autopsies do not identify CTE. We have contacted Boston University and they will be working with us to to conduct a brain study to identify if Philip Adams had CTE. We are unsure of the time for results at this time. I think Boston University was who actually did Chris Benoit's too. Maybe they're kind of Maybe that's special. Like the place. <laughs> yeah, great place to go. Well, investigators here are still trying to find out why Philip Adams would murder six people, including two young kids. And tonight they're hoping a clue can be found in his brain. I had headaches chronically for well over a decade. Dr. Christopher Nowinski found success inside the squared circle, but a series of concussions forced him to tap out. I got uh, too many hits to the head developed permanent symptoms and sort of began a quest to understand why I couldn't get better. The former Harvard football player turned professional wrestler turned neuroscientist started the Concussion Legacy Foundation. For nearly 15 years, he studied the effects of traumatic brain injuries on athletes, military veterans and abuse victims. Repeated hits to the head over time can cause a degenerative brain disease called chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE, which can cause problems with thinking, behavior, mood and can eventually lead to dementia. A study by the Journal of the American Medical Association looked at the brains of 111 former NFL players. All but one had CTE. Nowinski says this rare degenerative brain disease can change who a person is and is researching whether it leads to aggressive and violent behavior. All behavior is generated from the brain. And if we do find the brain is damaged, it might help us understand inappropriate or in this case, horrible behavior. Whether or not the gunman in the York County mass shooting had CTE remains to be seen. Uh, so we, you know, we're looking a little bit into Philip's background and his past behaviour. His a- agent Scott Casterline said that Philip often isolated himself, even as a player. He said he was part of my family. I loved him. He's a great kid, a great guy. This is so unlike him. He had to not be in his right mind, obviously. 
He also said, seeing Philip shoot two kids, it's not him. I can't fathom it. It's devastating for the victims and the families. I knew he was hurting and missing football, but he wouldn't take the health tips offered to him. He said he would, but he wouldn't. I feel he was lost without football and depressed. So Philip Adams did have a criminal record, which included an arrest in 2009 on charges of misdemeanor assault and battery, but he wasn't convicted. He was also arrested in Charlotte in 2016 for carrying a concealed gun. In 2009, his mother Phyllis was involved in a horrific car wreck that left her severely disabled and wheelchair-bound. He spoke to the Times and Democrat in 2010 and he spoke about his mum and he said, my mother is my motivation. We can look through life and you go through adversity. This is one of the biggest things I've had to deal with. His sister Lauren told USA Today that her brother had become unusually aggressive lately. His mental health degraded fast and terribly bad. There was unusual behaviour. There's people who are closest to him have said that he couldn't come to terms with the end of his NFL career and then that he also had to undertake a caretaker role in his family. Like, obviously, I'm not justifying what he did, but being a caretaker is very stressful like I have no there would be a big adjustment for him to go from this kind of high-flying life to caring for his wheelchair wheelchair bound mother um yeah so I I I don't doubt that that contributed somehow to all of this Mm -hmm. going on so there hasn't really been a motive confirmed 100% as yet there is some speculation and I think it's probably pretty confirmed that Philip at one point was a patient of Dr. Leslie. US Congressman Ralph Norman described himself as a close friend of Dr. Leslie and his wife, said that he was told by police that um, Dr. Leslie had been withholding medication from Adams, who suffered multiple concussions in his football career. And this is what led to the, the attack. He said he was treating him and stopped giving him medicine. And that's what triggered the killings, from what I understand. So maybe just speculating here, but maybe, you know, Philip was addicted to painkillers or whatever and Dr. Leslie wouldn't prescribe more. It's just, you yeah. know, it sounds to me that would probably be what that would go along the lines of. Yeah, I mean, I used to work at um, a primary care doctor's office and obviously people would be prescribed pain medication for various reasons. Like at the time they needed it. But there was times where it got to the point where the doctors were concerned that they were abusing it, like they didn't need it anymore, but they were just kind of like pretending they needed it or they were going through their prescriptions way too fast. And the doctors would eventually be like, I'm not prescribing it to you anymore to the point. Then the people would try to go to another doctor and try to get from another doctor. But there's actually a whole state thing that kind of like tracks different controlled substances across different pharmacies. So. If they're trying to get prescribed different medications from different doctors, it'll alert them and they kind of try to figure out who's abusing drugs. But, And that's kind of like the argument with being prescribed pain medication in the first place is you start out for a normal reason, trying to fix your pain, but you become addicted to it and then the doctor cuts you off. And then what are you supposed to do? You're addicted to drugs. Yeah. And, yeah, and if you can't get them. There's an um, article I found from the New York Times, which was just from two days ago about this case. And it says that in 2017, Phillips tried to apply for so-called line of duty benefits for injuries that he obtained while in while in the NFL, but he had some trouble getting the paperwork from his former teams. So it says it's unclear as to how many of Adam's six former teams provided injury records, which is quite interesting. So it sounds like he was probably having some financial issues some addiction issues, some, you know, issues with family members. It, it seems like he also, the same as Chris Benoit, had a lot of things going on that contributed 
as well as the CTE. Yeah. The article also from the New York Times, I'll put it up, it's it's titled CTE Tests May Not Fully Explain NFL Players Shooting Sprees. And it has it finishes with an interesting line, which I do kind of agree. It says it's easy to have a monocausal explanation because it allows us to sleep better at night. When we look at our own lives, we know that's not true. So I, I do agree with that in some points. You know, would he have done this if he didn't have CTE? Who knows? But, you know, it's one of those things that, it's probably not the only reason why it happened, if that makes sense. That's my thought anyway. Yeah, it's... It's hard because, you know, he he wouldn't have had these issues if he didn't, like, you know, in terms of Philip, he wouldn't have had the issues about, you know, leaving the NFL and having injuries and all that if he didn't do all that. But... It, um, it kind of seems like all... It's, like, hard to say because there's so much going on, but it seems kind of like all these athletes, you know, WWE, NFL, they kind of all lead similar lives in a way and kind of have a similar experience. Whereas, you know, they have the money, the fame in some aspects. They start, you know, you have sports injuries, you start abusing drugs because one, you have the money to do them. Who cares? Two, you're injured. It makes you feel better. But then on top of that, you have these like traumatic brain injuries mixed with the drugs, the stress, the exhausting like work schedule how is someone expected to stay healthy under those circumstances in a way it's kind of like the grass is always greener where you're like yeah i'd love to be like a second string player making three million dollars from my shoes here but like at what cost i'm pretty sure even this is just from memory but i think it was the same with aaron hernandez he obviously nfl player similar story but I think that he also was abusing or like over prescribed a painkiller as well. So it kind of seems like this, the same story, just slightly different for all of them. Plus with the trauma of like having um, Philip Adams having to take care of his mom and all that. Yeah. And it seems like they all had, you know, Chris Benoit's the death of all his friends. It's like you have all that. It's not like they had nothing else going on. They didn't have these amazing, great lives that just all of a sudden snapped. They had both had a lot of different things going on. Yeah. And I think what I said earlier, like one of the maybe Alzheimer's symptoms or CTE symptoms or something, it was like difficult with like mental, kind of like dealing with your emotions during challenging times. And it kind of seems like that is what was happening to a lot of them. So I know that you've written down some points here, which we've just kind of touched on as well, but um, in terms of CTE itself, that the disease has been tied to memory lapses, loss of focus and problems following directions and handling everyday chores. But researchers have only found associations, not causal links between the disease and many symptoms. And this is kind of what we touched on too. It says it remains difficult and perhaps impossible to determine a motive after a suicide because so many factors can play a role, including persistent mental distress and drug use. And that's from the New York Times as well so I do feel like that's true um you know I don't know like it's, it's hard for me to kind of express but all those things you know memory lapses can't concentrate anxiety depression all of those seem to have a link to CTE and they could all cause suicide so it's just but then they, there's other people who don't have CTE who also have those symptoms if that makes but there's sense. also people who have CTE who don't yeah murder suicide people or kill yeah. anyone or kill themselves so I guess it's one of those things where they just need to do more research on it, but yeah, I don't know. And I guess because there's nothing I said, like, you know, for 
mental illness, you can sometimes treat with medication and things like that. But I don't know the effects. Like, can you treat the CTE symptoms with medication, or is it too far gone because it's actually embedded in your brain? Yeah, you're just missing brain, basically. Yeah, like, is there anything you can do to treat the symptoms of CTE? I don't know. And maybe that's what happens. Like, they try and then, and it also seems too, which is true, that both Chris and Philip suffered head injuries but never took time off work to heal properly, which is something that was spoken against, uh, sorry, mentioned in the lawsuit against the WWE. So I guess in both their careers, kind of time is of the essence, you know, especially for the NFL. You're young, you only get a certain amount of years usually to play. You don't want to be taking three months off to heal because that's the whole season gone basically. Yeah, and they said Chris like never missed a match, never missed a call or anything. And then they also said Philip he only missed one game like yeah. an entire season after, even though he had double concussion. concussion. Yeah, um, so it just seems like even without the CTE, it's exhausting. Yeah, I don't know a lot about, but just something that I noticed from Chris's story and just like Aaron Hernandez and even just other not CTE related things that. Even, like, with the moms who kill their kids, just, like, in times where there's, like, a murder-suicide, it seems like a lot of people turn to religion. And I know that that, it's not always, like, a sign of mental illness, but a lot of times when it's, like, religious delusions, it's a red flag. But even with Chris Benoit, they said, I think it was Nancy's sister that said, like, he didn't really have, like, a set religion. He just, like, randomly started getting into religion when kind of things started going bad. And with Aaron Hernandez, I know he, like, wrote, before he killed himself, he wrote um, a Bible verse, like, on the wall. He wrote John 3.16 on the wall, which uh, it was re- – I think he wrote John 3.16 on his head as well and on the wall. And it, that means the, right. the passage is, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He wrote that on blood, I think, in blood on the forehead yeah. and the wall as well. But just that made me kind of like wonder like why that happens. I don't really have an answer for it, but I tried to look into it a little and I found something that said having an increased focus on religion or religious activities is a possible symptom of mania or hypomania in bipolar disorder. This heightened focus isn't necessarily unique to bipolar disorder. However, it is an associated, it's also associated with schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, and other psychotic disorders. And having religious delusions has been found to be associated with a more serious course of illness and poorer outcomes. Research has shown that patients with religious delusions have more severe psychotic symptoms, a longer history of illness, and poorer functioning prior on the onset of the psychotic episode. So it made me wonder if people like Chris or Aaron Hernandez or whoever, their minds are just like so messed up at the time that the only thing they could think of to look to is like religion to explain it. Yeah, I guess it's so, I don't know, I guess religion is something that everyone kind of knows about to an extent. So it's just, yeah, it's interesting that that's what comes out during these episodes. Yeah, I'd like to like... I tried to look into it briefly, and, and there's just, like, so much, but, like, also nothing at the same time. But I just think it's interesting how many people in these times of suicide, murder-suicide, suddenly turn to religion when they weren't really religious in the first place. One thing I... Maybe it gives them hope in a way. Yeah, like, well, that's what I was going to say, because one thing, one thought that I had is that maybe 
they're looking at the end for redemption for whatever reason. Like they know that they shouldn't, like Aaron Hernandez shouldn't have murdered people. Chris Benoit murdered his family. He probably knew that wasn't the right thing to do. So, and in the end, they're kind of turning and looking for that final forgiveness before they move on to whatever afterlife they believe in. Yeah, just kind of like a last desperate. Yeah, last last attempt. But even like Lori Vallow is another example where she thinks she's a freaking prophet or whatever <laughs> i think she's an angel oh no she, she thinks she's a god she's a god as well she's like she's a deity in love with the angels or whatever she is <laughs> yeah but not something i have a lot of knowledge on yeah it is fascinating terms of, like psychology but just something after talking about all these crimes i've noticed it so many times that i just think it's interesting so maybe if anyone has any background Inside. information on that let us know and i'll share it on the next episode definitely another argument is should CTE be a defense for murder? Um, I feel like yes and no. Like like we were saying before, it's there's a lot of people probably with CTE that don't murder. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of other people who use other conditions like, you know, mental illness or insa- like what, you know, insanity here because they're not um, capable of being responsible for their actions, I guess. Yeah. It just sucks that CTE can't be diagnosed basically yeah. unless they're dead because that was the issue with like aaron hernandez i think was that they couldn't prove he had cte but once he killed himself they were like oh wait 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 he actually has really bad cte but at the time the jury couldn't like be told that he definitely had cte i wonder if it's something that they're going to start using from now on as a likely argument so would this person played football for five years so you know he might have a cte so that might explain why he killed 10 people and things like that yeah, and it also just sucks because it seems like since there's no definite way to prove it, it does seem like something that could easily be exploited yeah. by people who maybe don't have CTE but, like, played contact sports in college but haven't played for 10 years, but maybe they have CTE. Or like- I don't know. There's surely got to be some other way. Like, they can diagnose almost everything these days. <laughs> I should be a scientist. There surely has to be some way. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what they're working on. I don't know. But, yeah. Anyway, I, I guess, you know, this is such a new science essentially it's you know only been around for maybe 20 years or however long since they've actually started looking into it so maybe as time progresses they'll find different ways to diagnose it yeah i do think it's definitely true though that cte is a thing and yeah has made chris and philip and whoever else aaron hernandez i guess the one that like i believe the most for some reason is chris benoit because it was just so random and crazy yeah and then you see like how bad his brain was deteriorated like it's just wild to one think that your brain can just deteriorate like that but i guess it makes sense like if you keep injuring your brain over and over again when it's not healed like die a bit it's gonna disintegrate that's just so scary to think that can happen and for you to not even be aware of it like you know most other like yeah most other illnesses must be such a crazy feeling to just start losing control like Chris Benoit clearly had some sort of self-awareness to it because but he started asking that other Chris guy who was kind of studying CTE and had concussions like he was asking him about like concussions and how many he's had and like what effects he had. I feel like Chris did kind of know that it affected him in a negative way, which is sad. Mm. 
I think a lot of it also in terms of that kind of thing, but for football players, for a lot of them, it's such a big transition when they finish playing without having this other, you know, CTE trauma to deal with. Like it's just they go from living and breathing in football for however many years to having to live a normal life. And it's the same for any athlete, I guess, in any sport. Once you can't do it anymore, it would be such what a big, yeah, such a big change big adjustment yeah. and I'm you know no doubt that some people don't deal with it very well yeah do you think that CTE contributed to one or both of them uh, yes yeah I definitely yeah I, I, I I'm the same I do think it definitely did for Chris Benoit and I do think it did also for Philip Adams but I probably am wondering to what extent it contributed to him I think there was probably other things going on with Philip Adams more so than That's Chris Benoit information out about Chris Benoit now yeah 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 true and maybe as more comes out about Philip Adams we'll be able to you know better make a call on that but no I I definitely definitely do I think you know that there's no doubt that CTA contributed to Philip's actions to what extent I'm not sure knowing all this now would you let one of your kids play like one of these contact sports I feel like I would (laughs) I was just gonna say it's actually not funny, but actually good timing because after this, I have to go and watch my husband play rugby union. He's oh 40, my god, he's I 40, he plays rugby. 40 union, uh, 40 years old. And, and every year, he's like, I'm not going to play. And every year, he keeps playing. So, well, <laughs> so I have to go and watch him do that. Stop. Oh, I know. So, uh, I don't know. I like, I would because especially, you know, with that research where that you spoke about earlier, where it said the kids who are in high school didn't really have much evidence of CTE and all that. But as you know, I would, it's something I would definitely worry about for an older, you know, or or a professional athlete, I guess is probably the right. Like, you can play up until high school. (laughs) That's it. Then that you got to. Go and be a nerd. I don't care how good <laughs> no you more are. For it. Yeah. <laughs> Go and do something else like swimming. Be a swimmer. <laughs> yeah, just crazy. It is crazy. Hopefully, we learn some more about Philip's stuff. When I it saw comes that out. it could take a few months for that test to come yeah. back, but it once it comes back, we will definitely mention it in the podcast because I'm very curious. Imagine it's like no CTE detection. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to eat my words then. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's becoming one of those things that when something like this happens now, people go to it first. Whereas before mm-hmm. it was like, oh, actually, maybe this is why it happened. But now they're they're saying that this was probably a factor for Philip Adams's case straight off the bat. Yeah. I mean, so. even like that was the first thing I thought of when hmm. I first heard the story. And then so I was an ex NFL player. I'm pretty sure I was like, oh, they're definitely gonna uh say CTE for this one. And I also think because yeah. there's no other real obvious motive, like I know we spoke about him maybe yeah. being a patient of the doctor and all that, but for him just to st- turn like this, most normal people don't do that. But it's also like, sure, like in a normal world, not a normal world, but like in a regular-ish, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but if he was a drug addict, was addicted to drugs, you get mad about it, like kill the doctor, but he also killed the doctor, his wife, two yeah. kids, two yeah. random people. Like that's wild. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. He like totally, totally snapped. Like he killed babies, basically. Mm, terrible. But yeah, that's that. That's, that's the it. CTE episode. I don't know. I thought I think it's really interesting. So yeah. hopefully you guys did too. Let us know what you think. Again, put it up on the blog. 
beg you guys to go leave good reviews so (laughs) it'll keep me motivated to think of more interesting topics like we've said we'll put the pictures and everything up of the brains the picture of chris and eddie hugging i'll put any autopsies up if you're morbid like me and you want to read them (laughs) yep all autopsies we'll put everything on our blog at truecrimesocietyblog.com make sure you join our forum truecrimesocietyblog.com we have a subreddit now um, we still have our Facebook group, but it is kind of not defunct, but inactive, censored. Yeah, inactive <laughs> kind of right now until Facebook gets its shit together and stops <laughs> trying to ban us. But check it all out. If you like the podcast, if you have other friends like True Crime, tell them to check it out. Maybe they'll like it too. Yes. We will see you guys see- in two weeks then. Sorry we can't be weekly. Two weeks. One day, see maybe. See you guys then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.